It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely on Topic. I am VA. I am joined by Jeff. Yo, yo, yo. And Tim. Hello, hello, hello. And here we are, our bi-weekly episode of Bruins Talk. Because we are a podcast by Bruins fan, Boston Bruins fans for Boston Bruins fans. However, that is, I don't know. I, It's okay. This is going off the rails already. Let's not go off the rails, guys. This has been an exciting, what, 18 hours or so? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just start off with what's what's uh, what's been happening uh, with the Bruins. And, and we're, we're heading towards the trade deadline. The trade deadline is actually tomorrow. I thought we had more time, but it's tomorrow. It is. Uh, so it's Monday, uh, March 21st, which is a little later than normal, but that's okay. Here we are at the trade deadline, and the Boston Bruins have done something. Now, remember last week we couldn't decide what they needed to do? Well, it appears that Don Sweeney has very much decided what he needed to do because this was a big move. Right. I think it's very important that Don Sweeney decided what he needed to do. Um, more And more important than we decided. Well, because, you know, it turns out um, our opinions don't matter and are usually wrong within a couple of days, right? So... <laughs> It's fun. It's fun to have an opinion. <laughs> it's so, I'm uh, so glad they considered us. Anyway, so um, he traded for Hampus Lindholm. The Krampus! Uh, um, unambiguously, to be perfectly fucking honest, the best defenseman available on the market, considering John Klingberg wasn't really available. Oh, he wasn't? Dallas is going to make the playoffs. And now Heiskanen's out for the rest of the regular season with Mono. Oh, Heiskanen. Oh, poor guy. Mono sucks. But in large spleen, you know? So, mm. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't really take a hockey hit because you will end up uh, ruptured spleen. And then you're like, then you're not playing until next January. I (laughs) had Mono in fifth grade and I, uh, I had it in February and I was out of PE for the rest of the year. And that meant I couldn't do square dancing or hurdles. It's okay. One of these things is not like the others, but yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't do them. I just could not do that. <laughs> and I was really jealous because there were kids in square dancing who were breaking out the, the moonwalk and I could not do the moonwalk. I was not legally allowed. moonwalking and square dancing? That's... Yeah, it was. It, that was when Michael Jackson broke that out. Yes, I'm old. I get it. But anyway, so it was really outside the square dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Not your finest work, Tim. Not your finest work. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how long have you wanted the Bruins to have Hampus Lindholm? Because I swear we talk about him once a year for seven years or something. I mean, he's he's such a Bruins defenseman. Very mobile defensive defense, but not too shabby offensively. Honestly, he'd be he's going he's all he would he's right away like the would be the the highest goal scoring. Hang on, let me bring that up to be sure to check on this. He's already the second highest second highest goal count tied with with Carlo from among Carlo. on the Bruins. 
and with his 22 points is unambiguously the second highest scoring overall defenseman. So like the guy's got some, some offensive ability as well. Right. Yeah. Because McAvoy's got like 30 assists, right? Uh, 32. Oh, 32. Sorry. Oh my goodness. Anyway. Okay. So that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, so, so he's, he's, he's a good player. 28. So on the younger side for pending UFA, which is great and all. And let's, let's, let's get the elephant out of the room. It's like, Bruins paid an absolute fucking ransom here. We knew this was coming because when the when the when the when the Sherat uh, Sherat um, uh, trade happened a few days ago, that was stupid, and that definitely broke the defensive market. So anyway, so this cost uh, first this year, a second in 2023, and and this one's this is the one part of any of this that I'm upset about is a second in 2024, as well as Erho Vakanainen. But they also managed to offload poor John Moore. That would be John Moore, the March cover boy on the Pucks and Pups calendar. So, okay, basically, in essence, you could really look at it as a first next year, a second and Erho for Lindholm, and then another second to both retain 50% and take on the last year of John Moore. Bruins also had a, something called a Cody Curran comeback, but... um. He's a 32-year-old left-handed defenseman with zero NHL games played, and like 34 games in career 80 in 81 career AHL games. 81 career AHL games. Uh, yeah, he played a couple AHL games a long time ago. Went to Europe and then came back like last year to play in uh, in, 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 in to play for the Gulls. Okay, okay, I understand that because I was just like sitting there like, what? This guy's just been playing the ECHL the whole time. But no, Europe. Okay, got it. But like, not good Europe. Like, I think he was playing in like Denmark and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That is a decision you can make. I mean, dude, want to play pro hockey? That's what it took. Keep in mind, like, the guy came from from Canadian U Sports, not from uh, not through NCAA and stuff. And like, no one comes out of U Sports and plays in the in the NHL. It just does not fucking happen. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah. And I, I really love that his name is spelled with a K and an IE. It's, uh, it is a name. Oh, oh, he also played a season in Norway. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So we played um, a, um, a year in Denmark, a year in Norway, a year in Sweden, no, two years in Sweden, and then came back to North America to play in San, to play, to play in the AHL for the last uh, season and a half. But you know what? Basically, the guy was making a million dollars to play in the AHL. So this is Bruins taking variable cash back in exchange for taking on the John Moore the John Moore uh, contract. And Providence has been playing well as well. He's boosts he's going to boost them going forward towards the playoffs. And like you know what, you got to reward both teams, right? Yeah. I honestly I don't have any problem with any of this. And. Right away, they've extended Lindholm. They will. They can't. So they can't extend him to eight years until after tomorrow because of some weird CBA rules. Oh, okay. But tentatively, yes. Tentatively, eight years, six and a half million ish, somewhere in there. No details yet. No talk of uh, contract restrictions. Um. Well, those things don't come out really until after. Yeah. So, like, I hope that and. Salary structure are all both are all favorable because um well depending on how the story arc of this team is you may be looking to move that in three years right so 
We'll see. Well, now I um I spoke with our friend Ben via messenger last night and asked him what his opinion on this was. And he said to me, oh, I'd like it if they extend Lindholm, Bergie stays this year after this year. Bergie comes back is what, what he's saying. So I think that's a pretty interesting thing, don't you think? I do. And something that Kirk Ludicky tweeted this morning, pointing out that this Lindholm contract is also about making sure that you're not just trying to stay competitive for the twilight years of Berkey Marshy, but to stay competitive longer term when you've got guys under contract for a while, for, for, for some for a long time, like, like McAvoy, like trying to keep pasta in a year. Like the fact that you just signed Taylor Hall for, for, for four years from rolling the first year of his contract, you want to stay competitive through those deals. Right. So right. The, the, the rumored contracts a bit rich and a bit long for my blood. But if that's the cost of doing business, that's the cost of doing business. He will definitely be worth it for at least the first three years of the deal. Well, I mean, he could surprise us. Yeah. I I generally am not a big fan of eight-year contracts because uh, – especially because free agency doesn't start for players until they're 26, right? Seven for most, yeah. Six is six – is, not many players go UFA at 26. Okay. Only All the right. ones that start – that just get break in at like 19 or 20. <laughs> right, right. So I'm just saying an eight-year deal just seems like you're tying yourself to someone, to an anchor, essentially. You know, it's like uh, Florida tied themselves to Bobrovsky for that amount of time. Or was it eight or seven? It's still a long period of it time. It was seven because it was a UFA deal as opposed to uh... – uh, in house, supposed to in house, right? I feel like the longest contract you should ever have a player commit to is six years, unless you're signing them younger, right? Like, right? McAvoy's contract's eight years, but it starts when he's twenty when he's twenty five. <laughs> That's acceptable. <laughs> yeah, but it would be it would have been great if it were even younger. Yeah, but there wasn't the cap space necessary to get the AAV up enough for him to sign long term when his e- when his ELC was up, right? Like that's the whole thing. Because right. that's what, what what bridge deals are about is that okay, we don't have the space to pay you enough to keep you long term right now. So it's they're not really proven. It's like let's just put kick this down the road a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> I I understand the point of a bridge deal. I just wish that teams wouldn't necessarily tie themselves up with huge long contracts. Anyway, so yes. Contracts, not official yet. A little long. It's what it is, though. Yep. More interestingly, between shedding John Moore and um, uh, and the 50% retention, the Bruins actually have more deadline space today than they did yesterday. Good. Which is insane. Um, so they have awesome. deadline cap space of six uh, of just over $6.1 million. Ooh, that means another move is coming. They are not done. And, well, let's face it, if DeBrusque ends up being part of the moves, that means potentially two or three, depending on how that's structured. Because, like, money. Yeah. His agent keeps reiterating that Jake wants out of Boston and that he wants a deal done by the deadline. So, as much as I would like Jake to be his own rental, which I know those words have screwed us over in the past, but I'm just saying, Jake's playing really well right now. And it's Probably he's playing really well because he wants out. Had been. He's sort of slowed down. Again, he was, he was a little bursty. He's got five games of being much more quiet again. Yeah, but you know what? I saw him do some defensive stuff the other night. So that's good. 
you want to see him do some of this the quieter stuff sometimes. Yeah, I'm just saying if he, fine if he wants out, who do you think they'd be going after? Are they going to go for another right wing or are they going to try to go for a center? I'm skeptical about the center market at this point. Ooh. Well, because there's who's there left? Um, you know, Giroux has gone to Florida for, for, for a laughable return because he would refuse to go anywhere else. And apparently Boston may have offered a better return on top of what they had already paid for, 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 for Lindholm. But Giroux said no. So fuck yeah. him. Yeah. Well, fuck him. He doesn't want to come here. That's fine. I don't have any problem with that. Also, you know, as it was pointed out last night in our, uh, our group thread, um, Philadelphia needed a, uh, flame, red haired guy in return so they got it so <laughs> well, like, so they're already fishing because you know they'd, they'd previously been like all ginger all the time between between Giroux and Voracek and they traded Voracek last summer right so <laughs> um and then of course on top of that Pavelski Pavelski re-upped with the stars ah damn hurdle uh, hurdle uh, hurdle re-upped with the with the sharks I knew that it really doesn't sound like JT Miller's going anywhere so sad which means that the only like center center centers or center playable players who are available that are worth mentioning are andrew cop who i'm who i like as a player a lot i'm not so sure he's really an upgrade on howla okay he might be but like how much eh. and then like a trio of guys who play center that are eligible, who are just like so poorly suited to be Bruins and would be the worst possible people to put in the middle of that, of that line. Namely Dylan Strom, Max Domi, who doesn't even play center anymore. And Jack Roslovic. Hmm. All three of them are catastrophic defensively to varying degrees. Oh no, we're better off with Howla. Because... And like, and at least in the case of Strom, he was a pretty glacial skater, which is exactly what you don't want on that center, uh, centering that second line either. No, because what makes Howla work is is he's fast. Like the only other like center that I'm really coming to mind is like Stasny, which is like okay, uh, at this point in his career, is he an upgrade over Howla? Maybe, maybe not. The center market's just poor. It's what it is. I think. I think. It, I think. Uh, unless Sweeney's really convinced about a cop and cop, a lot of things. A lot about cop screams Bruins player. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he moves the needle for this purpose. Right. So I think a right wing, and I'm still pulling. I, I'm still pulling hard on that Connor Garland chain. Let's do this thing. That cryptic tweet that was not so cryptic by Connor Ryan last night. About the situation. I don't know if that's an actual rumor if he's, or if he just thinks that would be a good idea, though. You can never necessarily tell with a lot of media guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because obviously he's from Situate. Yeah. So he would be a hometown boy, in quotation marks, because he's from somewhere in Mass. And of course, the Bruins in the last week have signed two guys from Massachusetts. Uh, yes. Two college players. So so basically, it's like, come on, what's one more? <laughs> well, and plus, he's, 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 he's a very feisty, all-battle winger. He's a right shot, and he's a local boy. Like, it just screams, like, this, this just seems too perfect not to happen. We were talking about him before he was traded from Arizona. Exactly. You know? So it's like, sure, why not? I mean, I know that Jim Benning's not there, so he's, you know, you can't rob the candy store now but 
Oh, it's Rutherford. Rutherford loves a trade. Uh, Rutherford's whole Rutherford's whole thing is he trades constantly. Well, he's not he's not GM though. Remember, right? He's he's president. But his whole thing is that he he trades constantly, but like bit by bit is is gradually degrading his trade assets, right? Mm. Bit by bit by bit by bit. So who knows what we'll see here? Like there's so much noise around his two top right wings. That is to say, Garland and Besser. Ooh, yeah, but um, Besser's a high cap hit. Besser's got an extremely high QO. His oh, QO yeah. is seven point five. Oh <laughs> God, mm, that's that. You talking he isn't about remotely? He isn't remotely that player. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, too expensive. So Connor Garland, that sounds good. That would be my my first choice of the of the thing of the, of the bits that are that are moving about here. I think, but we'll see. Well, you know, we have two Charlies. Why not have two Connors? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Speaking of, of of two Connors, there's the question about about the defensive pairs today. It's worth having, yeah. So so so. Lindholm isn't with the team yet. He's not, so he isn't wasn't practicing today. So today they were still rolling a defensive group of um, uh, Riley McAvoy, Grizz Carlo, and then a bottom pairing of Forbort Clifton. Okay. Okay. So obviously Lindholm's not with the team yet. So you're you're not going to obviously you're not going to leave an open spot on the roster for him. But the consensus is that he'll is that he'll skate with with, with McAvoy, which makes sense. He's a, he's a top pairing lefty. That's what you're going to do. Although that comes with the caveat of like Grizzly and Carlo hasn't been a great pairing. No. Whereas if you have a Lindholm Carlo pairing, you can just give them some impossibly hard minutes. Yep. But anyway, so that would generally mean that the guy playing next to McAvoy would be the placeholder spot, right? Okay. Yep. That's what you'd expect. Which suggests to me that Riley might be the odd man out when Lindholm gets to town. And that seems wrong. Like, you know, God love Connor Clifton, but like he is not one of the top six defensemen anymore. No. Nope. Riley's not the guy I would bump for him if I did. <laughs> Do you think that he could be holding Riley out to deal him? So they don't need the cap space at the moment unless they're doing something real splashy. Right. I, I'm just saying that this is a, a possibility. It could be that, I mean, is he practicing at all? Yes, he's practicing with McAvoy. Okay. Placeholder spot. Yeah, I mean, it could be that they could be dealing him. He has no trade protection at all. So he can be dealt. I don't know why you would do that because one of our weaknesses in the playoffs tends to be defensemen who get injured. You know, I know this is not maybe the, the most popular opinion, but I really want a little more snarl with the defense, not punchy face. I want guys who will hit hard and make people regret challenging them. That's what well, I want. And this just goes back to like, wasn't this the sort of thing that Forbort was supposed to do? And well, I mean, he does it sometimes and I don't know why he doesn't do it more, but I think that, that's not that's not Riley's game. So I, I just wonder if that is what makes him the odd man out right now. I wonder if they're they're thinking about dealing him. I wonder a lot of things. I think a Riley Forbort third pair is better balanced than a Forbort Clifton third pair, though. Well, yeah. I mean, for one, Riley can move the puck more and better than. Well, Forbort. and then you end up with four. You end up with four nice three nicely balanced pairs, right? I don't know. We'll see. 
but like I've seen it from a few I've seen it from a few writers that seem to like uh, who was it I think it might have been Fluto that was that implied yesterday that he thought Clifton would, would stay in I'm just like really that's 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 fucked <laughs> yeah Cliffy Hockey is so hit and miss uh, I don't I don't know I would rather I would rather have Riley in there well you know first of all I I would say don't panic okay things are pliable right now and once we get through tomorrow we will see exactly who's in the defensive core but i mean this defense has like stalwarts and then they have other movable pieces and now lindholm is going to be another um stalwart right he's going to be one of the the base pieces so then other okay, things okay addition to this i just saw fluto just tweeted about 15 minutes ago yeah, Riley Forbrook Clifton will be competing for bottom pair ice time. So like that may be a Yeah. That might be a full on carousel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you still have time before the playoffs to figure this shit out, right? So you, you know, it's not a long time. It's about 5 weeks. You have 5 weeks to figure this out, and that's still plenty of games. But, you know, it, we got to get through tomorrow to see what really everything looks like. I'm just posing the idea that Riley could be dealt. I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm just saying, you never know. If you get a good enough deal for somebody that you really want, and he's part of that deal, then you send him out. Although you want defensive depth, I'm just saying. Okay, let's not panic about that right now. This is something we can talk about the next time, because we'll we'll have more information. Everything will be settled. Well, I was going to say, we're also apparently not going to see Lynn Holman in a Bruins sweater until Thursday's game. Uh, okay. I okay. just apparently Cassidy saying Lindholm won't play tomorrow. Okay. Well, I mean, look, tomorrow they're playing the Canadians in Montreal. I think that the Bruins, as they are right now, should be able to handle that. Yeah, I mean, like the Habs are a lot better than they've been, but they're still they're still the, the twenty one, twenty two Habs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I I'm not worried. Uh. And the Bruins are not the team they were the last time they played the Habs. So everything's good. Everything's fine. I mean, I am more worried about the fact that Patrice Bergeron does not seem to be going to be in that game tomorrow. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. A recurrence of a, an injury from earlier this year. I heard arm. Some other people are saying the the potential head laceration. I don't know. I don't I've know. I've only what. ever seen arm mentioned on this infection though, not his his head, but I I don't know. It all I know is that it, they're they're preventing him from getting an infection and that's fine. Um it's just you just don't like to see Bergy out right now. That's all. I mean, he'll come back, he'll be fine. That's that's what you want. So everything's fine. But I just don't like it. That's all. Let's talk about the uh the signings real quick, the two college signings. Uh, now, what was it? It was like sometime last month, the Bruins traded a seventh round pick in whatever it was in 2024 for uh, Michael Callahan, defenseman from Providence College. Who'd been drafted by the uh, the Coyotes and they were apparently not going to sign him. So Bruins who have been watching a fair bit of PC because it's down the road and they have Riley Duran playing there and all sorts of words that they were keeping a lot of eyes on Parker Ford, who hasn't signed anywhere yet, interestingly enough, but you know, whatever. So they'd seen a lot of this guy. He'd been captain for three years and Oh, NCAA captain. That's a, 
at Sweeney's wheelhouse right there. Yeah, yeah, Nolachari. Nolachari, Carson Kuhlman. Oh, I didn't know that. The guy we're going to talk to talk about in about three or four minutes as well. Um. <laughs> Don Sweeney, aside from getting Hampus Lindholm, really <laughs> wants an All-American defense score. I mean, he's got it right now, right? Without Lindholm, he's got, uh, uh, let's see, Riley, Chucky, Carlo, Cliffy, Forbert. They're Grizz. all, and Grizz, yeah. I'm sorry, they're all, I, okay, I started counting wrong. Uh, they're all American, all American. <laughs> yeah. What's another one? from? And he's a local boy. He's from Franklin. So, yeah. Okay, cool. That's, that's what he did, you know. And he's a right shot too, which is good because our right shot defense depth is, well, at the pro level is um, uh, Berglund and uh, Lyle, both of whom are not terribly close at all to sniffing the NHL, if ever. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, and he's signed to start next year, so. Yeah, that's his age, two-year ELC, not three, but starts next year, yeah. Yep, yep, so that's the important thing to say because he's not going to magically show up. But who is going to show up magically enough? Possibly tomorrow, literally. <laughs> is uh, Mark McLaughlin. McLaughlin. How do you yeah. say his name? I don't know. McLaughlin. McLaughlin. So he was, um, uh, he's been the, he was the BC cap- captain this year. American Olympian. Oh, oh, I did not know that part. Yeah, he yeah. was one of two undrafted NCAA guys on that team. The other being Ben Myers, who plays for Minnesota still in the tournament, but is, you know, considered the top target amongst uh, undrafted NCAA free agents this year. (laughs) Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this guy's a forward. He's the center. He's playing center. Yeah. He's he's the center. Um, Biggish guy. He's from, uh, he's from Billerica. Billerica. Mandy was very excited. (laughs) (laughs) See if I can bring up some uh, some numbers for this boy. Anyway, so they signed him three uh, two year ELC starting this year Um, because you know the undrafted free agency tend to have to you know throw him a bone like that. So burning a year. I think he's six feet two ten. In his uh, four years at BC, so this year he put up twenty one ten thirty one in thirty three games. Played in two games at the Olympics, didn't score, but okay. The year before, in his junior year, was a point of game, 10-14-24. His first two years were much, much quieter, 4-4-8-8-39 four, four, and, and 39 and 5 7 12 and 34 but, you know, ramped up. Consensus makes it sort of sound like he's a, probably a solid bottom six, bottom six, probably winger rather than center, but we'll see. Uh, he practiced with the team today, the fourth line center. Yep. Uh, Cassidy apparently said that he they said he's got a bit of a chari in him, so that should have pleased you. Oh my god, is this gonna be my new boy? Oh, I love a chari. I love 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 a chari. We all know that. You know, part of it was just the whole Rhode Island thing, but it's just like whenever you see that guy hit, oh, oh, fucking wrecking ball. I loved it. I miss him so much. You know what? I am so glad. Like Mandy and I agree on a lot of things, but I I love that we both have this love for Achari and his hitting style and his playing style. Okay, because it's like it's really easy to fall in love with the stars, but it is harder 
to have a sustained love for those like grinder oh, oh, guys. Breaking news: Team announces they officially agreed on the eight year six six and a half million structure with Lin, with Lindholm. Okay. Team, right. re- team released from like three minutes ago. Okay. All right. Well, it's official. It's official. Uh, you guys can uh, put that on your bingo card or, you know, put that <laughs> on your bingo card. Anyway, so, yes. I mean, Jeff's been talking about Lindholm for years, so I think he's finally happy. Oh, and he wears 47. It, he's probably going to keep wearing 47. I don't know 47. how I feel Ooh. about that. <laughs> hey, at least you got the 47 that counts as a jersey, right? Yeah, I do. Yes. Thank yes, you. I got you that. <laughs> and, then we'll get, and we'll get you another jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Now you see, uh, part of me wonders if the team wanted him to take play use Parlin Holmes' number so they could just recycle sweaters. Oh, oh, that hurt him. That's huh. that's unfortunate. Uh, Par Parlin Holmes is a saint, and I'm glad to have another Swede on the team. We know how Tim loves his Swedish boys. No, that's not right. No, no, no. His number is what, 26? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's yeah. not right. That's not right. Sorry, sorry. It's going to have to be 47. But I mean, you know, the thing is, is that, like, if you're wary of, like, the team signing college free agents and stuff like that, think about Achari, but think about Tori Krug. Well, there's the thing. So I saw, I didn't see the actual statistics, but like the Bruins have been one of the more successful with, 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 with undrafted college free agents. And it's like a lot of them necessarily haven't done, done, done their thing here. But like in, in the last 10 years, you got, you know, you got, you got Krug, you got Vetrano, who of course just got traded from, from Florida to um, the, the Rangers for a fourth this week as a, a cap clearing move, presumably. He's probably um, going to be so happy because the pizza in New York is way better than it is down <laughs> in Florida. Uh, Austin Zarnick is still kicking around, right? Somewhere. Um, he's been playing. He's played this year. Um, I think he's been mostly mostly with the Isles. Oh, I thought he was with the Kraken. They picked him up on waivers, but he's since been waived again. And he's back with with the Isles with the Isles now. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> But like also, you know, you got you know, but also you know, Coolman. So this this this, this team has got a record there. Plus, go further back, you got like you know, Kevin Miller, and for for example, too. This yep. this team seems to be good at picking, not necessarily stars, with the exception of Krug, obviously, out of um, um, college free agency. But you don't really get many of those. So. <laughs> right. I mean, and Mark Mark McLaughlin was with uh, he was with development camp last year, wasn't he? Development camp was an impressive group, but it was partly because not a lot of teams had development camps last summer. Oh, but yeah. So Boston wanted to be a Bruin, always wanted to be a Bruin. So, like, this apparently was not really much of a contest for him. <laughs> He's from North Billerica. I pretty think I pretty much think that anybody who lives in North Billerica wants to be a Bruin. Yeah, yeah I would think. <laughs> you know, when I first came to Massachusetts, I thought it was Billerica because it looks like yeah. it should be Billerica. <laughs> Bill Ricka is such a yeah. weird name. But anyway, that's where he's from. He wants to be a Bruin. This is fantastic. Maybe he'll be like super stoked. I mean, I see how the Bruins can collect local boys and they market them. So it's it's fine. People love that. Uh, yeah. So those were the two signings in the last couple of weeks. So that's uh, that's good. At least we've got other people coming in. 
Is there really any more news that we have to talk about? I mean, there's going to be more stuff that we won't get to today. Because Trivial it's thing, it sounds like they won't be signing Jack Becker, uh, 2015 seventh round pick. He apparently assigned for the remainder of the season with the Idaho Steelheads of the ECHL. Okay. Um, like, whatever. The guy just finished his draft plus seven season because he played two seasons in the after draft being drafted. He played two seasons in the USHL. Four seasons in Michigan and one season in Arizona. So, yeah, there's no surprises there. <laughs> yeah, I'm so it's so weird that he did four at Michigan and then one at Arizona. So because of COVID, they allowed a transfer grad year for, for people. So he, there's a few players that moved around like that. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So, so weird, but okay. Well, Bye. See you later. It's okay. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, so that makes it officially Bruins got, you know, got, got games played out of all but two player players from that draft then. All right. I mean, some of them were very few games like Cam Hughes, but uh although Cam Hughes is ripping up the AHL, but he's also a group six this summer, sort of like Zaboral and Sinition, so He is so ripping up the AHL. I don't know if we can emphasize that enough. He is absolutely like Scoring every point imaginable. Ah, contract your scoring. I mean, they're obviously going to keep Zaboral, right? I don't think Zaboral has a lot of a lot to gain from going to free agency because of his knee injury and the fact that he's not an established NHLer. So, like, I feel like keeping Zaboral for another season wouldn't be a terribly onerous sell. No, he's worked so hard. To get to where he was, and he was doing so well that the knee injury is just especially tragic. So I, I want him to come back. I want him to come back. Let's see what happens, right? Yeah. I would consider offering Hughes a one-year, one-way contract with the promise that he'll be 13th forward. Sort of the bleed role. Okay. But that we'll see. <laughs> yep. Yep. Some players deal with that better than others. All right. So obviously next time we will talk about what the Bruins actually did do at the deadline. We we have one thing. So we're waiting to see if more is happening. It's going to be exciting. But you know what? Goodbye, John Moore. I never understood your signing. It didn't it didn't make sense. And then it went worse than anyone possibly could have expected. But not because it was necessarily bad play. Just to like awful fucking luck. Yeah. Yeah. And Goodbye, Urho. I had high hopes. I loved your last name. I mean, it took up all of your back and more. How can you not love a name like that? Yeah, when, you, when, that you, when, you, when your name necessitates a different font size. <laughs> yep, yep. And I just love, I just love Finnish names. We all know that. So goodbye, Urho. I hope it works out better for you with the Ducks. So the Bruins had a partial homestand slash road trip. Uh, they're still on their road trip. They are going to play one more game of that tomorrow uh, at Montreal, because I think Thursday's game, is that at home? Yes. Okay. All right. So out of a possible 12 points in this combined home and road trip, they got nine points. That's not bad. A lot of those wins were by the skin of their balls, though. <laughs> well, I'm glad you put it like that. Yeah, there were some really close <laughs> ones. I mean, 
mean, <laughs> you know, okay. So I, I did go to that Kings game. So that was fun and disappointing when Trevor Moore scored with uh, 26 seconds to go. Not fun. Which not is ideal. going to be a recurring theme right there. Um. Exactly. Um, so, and, and it also inspired a, a curious argument um, online uh, about, uh, and you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a little bit of an ass, not Swayman, I'm sorry, Olmark. I'm a little bit of an asshole about Olmark in the same way that people have been assholes about Rask. Because and right now I just feel like I'm not seeing what everybody else is seeing about Ulmark. He's doing fine. I was just hoping he would be better, right? You know what? There's the thing is Ulmark was signed. It was a known thing that he's a bit of a cipher, right? Because it was almost impossible to know really what he was because he's been playing in fucking Buffalo, right? I mean, I thought last year he put up decent numbers for Buffalo, so in a very limited action though, right? So it's a hard thing to say. That's true. He didn't have the the games. But anyway, I'm going to try to be less harsh on Olmark. But the reality is when you've got Olmark in goal, you're going to need like three goals. And Swayman, that's not always the case. I mean, sometimes it's the case. You need three goals or more. But a lot of times you need like two goals to score, uh, to to win um, uh, in a game that Swayman is playing. So, yeah, so that game... Uh, good old not friend Athanasiu. You also don't want to like burn out Swayman. There's a I, fine line between getting games played and like not burning them out. Yeah, I I understand. I fully understand, Tim. I have not wanted him to be burned out at all because that's not that's not great. I mean, we all saw what happened to Carter Hart, and it's taken him years to. Well, I mean, the Flyers suck. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, Hart's been fine this year. It's just um, not really doing the Flyers any good because the Flyers are awful. (laughs) Good. Mike Yo will be fired. It's awesome. Okay. Yeah, so basically the recurring theme, you're right. The Bruins had many games where they scored. I mean, Pasta in the next game against the Blackhawks, which, yes, it was Swayman, and yes, they needed four goals to win. Um uh, pasta scored with 18 seconds to go. It's like, it's like, oh, anything you can do, I can do better just in the next game. <laughs> you know, and then that happened. Uh, it, it's happened more. Oh, McAvoy. That was uh, what the, the game against the Jets. I mean, he didn't need to score that, but he scored at 1929 of the uh, the third period of course they didn't really need it they were winning by that point by three to two but an insurance goal shorthanded is not bad yeah so basically Bruins had one outright loss and that was against the wild and it was the second night of a back-to-back of a road back-to-back with travel and they were visibly gassed they didn't actually have enough Bergeron's out and Studica couldn't get to Minnesota in time so Noshik was your top line center, which he actually did admirably. He won lots of face offs. He, you know, he was doing the defensive stuff. He just is not as uh, offensively minded, I guess. He doesn't yeah. drive the play. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the, the wild is what we call a scheduled loss because <laughs> they had lost against the wild earlier in the season. And it's just like the back, uh, back to back on the road after a tough game against the Blackhawks, because the Blackhawks, 
For what it's worth, they played two really tough games against the Bruins in this this uh, two weeks. Well, yeah, the big difference between those two final scores is um, uh, Lincoln versus Math. Because, like, Flurry put on an absolute clinic on Tuesday. Like, I went to bed after the second period, and it was tied to OO, and I'm like, I have no idea where this game's going. They're going to lose it over a stupid goal is what I assumed. <laughs> it took 40 shots by the Bruins before they got one by Flurry. Okay, and that was in the second period. I mean, was it in the second period? Third. Oh, it was the third period. Yeah, they had shot. Okay, the Bruins had shot 35 shots by the second, at the end of the second period, right? And it was five shots into the third period. I remember this because I did watch this game. Flurry was amazing. It was just like all those years, I just kind of hated Flurry because he was with the Penguins. And well, the Penguins are an easy team to hate. Uh, but I have a lot of respect for Flurry after seeing what he was doing. It was amazing. Well, I mean, in the the end, the end shot of that of that game is freaking forty eight to twenty in shots on goal. Yeah, Matt, Matt made forty six saves. It was a good game, and thankfully Grizzlick got a scoring touch in, in overtime. And again, it's that it's that Grizzly Hall Pasternak of uh on the OT trio, which we talked about last time. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Look, they don't need a center. They don't need a center. No, they don't. They don't need a center. I mean, neither one of those guys scored the goal this time, but it doesn't it doesn't discount it. They don't need a center. They made it work. Yeah, I didn't watch the I, I didn't watch the game against the Wild very closely because I was just like, I know they're gonna lose. Uh, and it's on TNT, and I just don't like TNT. The studio crew is okay, I guess. I, I like Anson Carter, uh, but that's about it. The banter is weird. It's it's banter rather than related to the game. Like I, I was like, I think that might have been the first TNT broadcast I've watched, and I'm just like, what? They talked about neckties for a long time. Yeah, like really, really long time. And I was like, okay, they did. I didn't get that. Oh my gosh, that's coming back to me. Totally forgot that happened. There was like a lot of also. How awful is um uh, Keith Jones as your rinkside guy? He is no Brian Boucher. Fuck, he isn't even a Pierre Maguire. Oh God. Okay, so yeah, you know what? I I'm just gonna come out and say I don't like the TNT broadcasts. I feel like the studio crew is awkward. They they're 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 far apart. It's a cheap set too. Yeah, Tockett doesn't like hear half the time what the other guys are saying. And I don't. I do not like Paul Bissonnette at all. Uh, I don't mind him. He's, but like, he's a career AHLer. Like that's really kind of what it is. I don't mind him himself, but I, he just doesn't fit in there. And they're trying to bring in a guy who is older and trying to get him to the the two of them to interact on like the. 18 feet between them. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand it too, because isn't TNT's like basketball pod, um, uh, broadcast known for being really fun? Yes. Yes. Shaq and Charles Barkley. And oh yeah, they're great. So I don't understand. Maybe is it just because like it's hockey. So the talent, the talent pool lacks, has an innate lack of fun, which, okay, fair enough. But like, I thought this is what guys were supposed to be good at. Yeah, it, it it is supposed to be. I, I think that 
Anson Carter is more fun. Like he was he was fun with like uh, Patrick Sharp. Not super fun. I mean, Anson Carter's a little more serious. Tockett is super serious. I've only seen Gretzky in the the studio a couple of times and they were struggling to get him to pay attention or something. I, I just didn't dig it. And I know that people are like, oh, Messier and Chelius. No, don't have them call a game. Absolutely don't have them call a game. That's a mess. But having them in the studio is great because they're fun. They play off of each other. They're guys of the certain age. They played against each other. You know, it's like, it's kind of fun. But don't have them play a, uh, to call a game. It's terrible. Right. I get that. So I don't know. But the thing I do love about this new broadcast deal is I can see any game I want on Hulu or ESPN Plus, basically. And I, I get to watch Blue Jackets games now. <laughs> so... <laughs> The occasional Kraken game, if I can stay up late enough. You know, it's like, I, I love that. I can just tune in. If I just want to watch a little bit of another team playing, I'll just tune in. And that's what I love about this deal, because, like, I don't have to buy a package to do that. So, but otherwise, it's like, it's the first year. It's awkward. I get it. But, man, I just don't like anything about the TNT broadcast. So, anyway, yeah, they didn't they didn't talk about the game at at great lengths during certain times because they were talking about neckties and were they talking about food i don't know it was just uh, and then there was that 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 keith jones wink which just made me uncomfortable yeah but you know you know who was better in the broadcast on the road for the first time this season jack jack was much better on the Thank road. God, because the way games with Jack were becoming too much. Oh, they were terrible. <laughs> I mean, he was better. He was better. He was much more engaged in the game. You could tell he could see more than what we were seeing, which is fine. That's that's what should happen. They should be able to see more and describe what's happening that we can't see because the cameras can only show too much. It's fine. Well, what I noticed is a lot more content to uh, Brick's chatter when he's actually able to see the whole eyes, too. Yep. Yep. Kind of hard to be to actually provide color commentary on how a on how a play develops if you don't get to see it. So <laughs> I mean, it, when they were when they said they weren't going to go on the road this year, or at least until the first of the year, they were not going to go on the road. I was like, okay, that's not going to be great. And then they're like, they might not go on the road ever again. I'm like, no, that's not right. These these guys have to travel. They do, you know. Just just make it happen. Um, so. I'm so glad that that's happening. They, of course, didn't get to call um, the wild game. They went back on the road for the, the Chicago game. Then they couldn't call the wild, wild game because that was TNT. But then they came back for Winnipeg. I didn't see that game. I tuned in just in time to see the first goal. Uh, but uh, RuPaul's Drag Race was on. And uh, it's easier for me to find uh, the Nesson the game after. So... But I, I still just didn't watch it. It's okay. Um, so the Bruins did really well on this road trip. Really, that Chicago game with Flurry, I know it was a score of two to one. People don't like low scoring games. But when you see a goalie just be so excellent, it's a beautiful thing. It well, really it is. also, the game, the Bruins it was a defensive clinic. I mean, like the Hawks suck, but they weren't getting anywhere near the Bruins, the Bruins slot. Except for one guy, 
one guy who's now no longer on the Chicago Blackhawks and we should worry because he's a Bruins killer because he scored in both games. Brandon Hagel. Who is now part of the Tampa Bay Lightning for an absolutely incomprehensible price. I would say two firsts as well as two, I don't know what I want to call Radish and Kachuk prospects at this point, but tweeners, two firsts and two tweeners for Hagel and a pair of fourths. Yeah, I hate that they got another Bruins killer. You can make deals like that when you're uh, going for your third cup in a row. He's got two more years at 1.5 million and he's 23. Mm. Oh, oh he's going to get overpaid. But not soon because he's got two more seasons after this one. <laughs> I know, but he's going to get overpaid when he... At, 23 um or 24 or whatever he's gonna get he's gonna get overpaid but anyway i don't like that they got a new bruins killer and the guy that was pretty much the universal consensus as this year's blake coleman so to speak too god damn it you know know. why didn't we go after him (laughs) well because hegel's a good player but it's hard to argue that wasn't an overpay and right well anyway yeah, yeah. Tim, why don't you tell us about the, the Providence Bruins if you can? Okay. Well, the Providence Bruins as a whole have been playing uh, pretty well as of late. They're in the midst of a, a road trip where they play Charlotte like three times in a row. Wow. I think that's what it is. Like, yeah, they, they played them. They played them last night. They play them. Thursday, they played the Thursday, and they play them again uh, today. So yeah, it was a weird. It's a weird three. It's a weird three game road trip against the same team where they had a day off in between games, the first game and the second game. I don't know. The AHL schedule this year is so messed up, but uh, they've actually not done well against Charlotte. Uh, they lost both games, one two one, one three two, both in a shootout though. So, like, at least they got points out of both of them. That's kind of the most important thing at this point uh, is getting points. As it sits, they are in second place in the Atlantic Division. Uh, they're 28, 17, 3, and 5. Uh, they have 64 points. They've only given up 145 goals in 53 games. So they have a, they're pretty stout defensively. And... Being in second place in the Atlantic means they're primed for a playoff spot. As Jeff mentioned earlier, Cameron Hughes is playing really well. In 49 games, he has 14 goals and 29 assists, uh, 43 points. Um, Second on the team in scoring is Stephen Fogarty, who's played pretty well. He's got nine goals and 25 assists for 34 points in 45 games. And then... Studnik has played well. He's got 33 points in 37 games. And then, who is it after that? Zach Sanishin. Oh. He has, in 50 games, he has 19 goals and 12 assists in 30 for 31 points. So he's actually played pretty well. It's the first time that he's really played this well at the HL in a long time. 
Oh, good. So, yeah, good for him. Glad to see. And then, and after him, uh, to round out the top five would be Jesper Froden has 12 goals and 16 assists for 28 points in 41 games. So, I mean, they, they're getting scoring um, from a lot of different people. They have 12 players with 20 points. So they're getting a lot of scoring from uh, different places, which is nice. That's good. Good to hear all of that. I like to have so, two teams playoff bounds. Yes. So Sweeney's currently doing a media availability, and apparently he announced that Krejci will not be returning. That puts that to bed. Um, Krejci's okay. season in the Czech Republic ended a few days ago. Yep. So this was a relevant debate, and Sweeney says, like, no, Krejci has decided to be staying in Czech Republic with his family for the season, which, like, no shit. <laughs> yeah, this is what's said all along. Water is wet. I knew this. I knew this. Also, Lindholm contracts, full NMC years one through five, 15 team no trade years six, seven, and eight. Okay. It's a bit more restrictive than I would have liked to see, but whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. This is unfortunately the price that you have to pay to get this done. So, all right. Well, everybody better get to like Hampus Lindholm. He's here for a long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, I'm excited that there's a move and that we can actually talk about it. It's really great. So let me tell you a little bit about the Boston Pride, which I haven't talked about them too much. First of all, if you want to see the Isabel Cup Championship, it is going to be played and broadcast on ESPN2 on uh, March 28th at 9 p.m. So it's the uh, the championship final for the Isabel Cup. So that is really cool. ESPN has done a lot of great work broadcasting the games uh, for all six of the teams. And they have people who are really engaged in the broadcast. So that is fantastic. And it's wonderful. Not to say it wasn't like that on Twitch, but I'm just saying, you know, you if you have the ability to watch it on ESPN Plus or Hulu because of ESPN Plus, you have the, the package deal. Go ahead. But this one is actually on ESPN2 on cable. You know, you can just see it. You don't need any of those fancy packages. So that's really great. The Boston Pride are playing. They're playing their final game today. Uh, next weekend is just the playoffs. So hopefully they will do very well. I think right now they're in third place of six teams. And whether they win or lose today, I don't think that was really going to affect that because they're going to see the uh, Buffalo Buttes, who they're playing today. Uh, they're going to see them next week in the first game of the playoffs. So it's a one and done kind of deal. And, you know, hopefully the Pride will make it work. They haven't they haven't had so much luck lately. Goaltending has been good if they're with Katie Burke. Not so great with the with their other goaltenders and their power play is terrible so hopefully the pride will uh will return as champions uh for the uh with the isabel cup but i don't know uh the two the top two teams are the toronto six uh who are only in their second year and the connecticut whale so 
it's very interesting. It's very different than it was uh, the last year or the last year, even before the, the bubble from the last season. And you know what's really great is the Toronto Six now have a completely Black and Indigenous people of color ownership group. One of them is uh, Chris Stewart's brother. I forgot. Is his name? What's his name? Andrew? No. Anthony. Anthony. Anthony Stewart. I knew it started with an A. I couldn't remember his name. He's He played before I, I was watching hockey. But anyway, yes. So he's in that. Ted Nolan's part of the group. And oh, I forgot to mention this. Willie O'Ree is now part of the Pride's ownership group. Okay. I wasn't sure if we had mentioned that when it happened. I um, Yeah, I don't think we mentioned it last time, but I'll mention it this time. So it's like the women's hockey is uh, we're embracing um, people of color. They're coming in and being owners. It's fantastic. I just I want to see it grow, uh, just grow and blossom. You know, I think uh, I think it's a, a fun time. And if you're ever in the area during the the time that they're playing or in any of the these cities go and watch a game it's fun bring your kids um so it takes a little bit to get used to because there are certain things you can't do in women's hockey uh in the phf but uh other stuff uh it's just like regular hockey so all right so that's the update now jeff now we can get to the schedule sorry about that okay okay so this next two week run Starts tomorrow, tomorrow evening after the after the trade deadline, 7 p.m. Eastern time at the Centre Bell in Montreal against the Habs. Um, follow that two days off at home for a lengthy homestand. Uh, kicking that off on the 24th, that's Thursday against Tampa, 7 p.m. Eastern time at the TD Garden. Okay, all right. Um. And Saturday, 26th, at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time against the Islanders. Uh, okay. Yeah. Two days off, 29th, that's a Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time again at the Garden against Toronto. Oh, yes. That could be a very important game. You know, um, Ben and I have a thing going back and forth now that Toronto needs five goals to win. So this is going to be a fun game. Indeed. Then, two days later, back in action, March 31st, at home, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, against the Devils. And Tuka Rask is going to be present for a ceremonial puck drop on that day, so I'm ho- I'm, I'm going to try to go get a, a single ticket to go see that. Nice. Yeah, I don't know what's going and... on with it, so I kind of want to be there to see what it is. And from there, I have to move the calendar forward. Saturday the 2nd, 7 p.m. Eastern Time against Columbus. I am going to that game. I am going to that game. I am going to that game. So, road game tomorrow, then followed by five-game homestand. (sighs) My boy will be back in town. And my other boy will be back in town. Or be in town. I don't know if he's ever played at the Garden. Maybe? My other other boy. Lots of boys. Lots of boys. But anyway, yes, I'm very excited. Okay, cool. <laughs> anyway, so that's the next two weeks of games. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm excited about this slate of games. One, it's it's always a glorious day to hate the Habs, right? This is 
just the greeting that we should always greet each other with. Tampa Bay, I mean, we beat them once this season. Yes, they have the Bruins killer coming to them, but maybe we'll win that game easily. Or you mean they got easily. a couple of Bruins killers because Pat Maroon's still there. Oh, fuck that guy. Anyway. I hate Pat, I hate Pat Maroon so much. <laughs> I do too. Um, so, yeah, so um, so hopefully, you know, that game will go well. Uh, you know, if the Bruins are in it, even if they don't win, if they're in it, that's a good thing. Okay, so that I'll count that as uh, as a good thing. Hello, Tuca, and I did see Mika before. Toronto, oh God, I I have been wanting to see the Bruins against Toronto for a long time, so this is going to be great. Devils, eh, I don't really care about the game. I care about what's happening before the game, but that's okay. I mean, uh, the tickets are pretty cheap, and the Blue Jackets, oh. Yeah, I'm so excited. I hope there's a tribute video. There's also the Islanders in there, and I'm just not excited about that because they don't play exciting hockey. And, like, even bad this year, they've been giving the Bruins fits. Uh, Yeah. Notice how I talked about I, – I didn't say them. Mostly, one, I forgot. But, two, I, I don't really care about that game. I want the Bruins to win it. Can we just say that? Okay. Obviously, I want them to win it. Yeah. That's it. That's that's all I have to say about that game. But uh, I just, you know, it'll be great. We'll have Lindholm in the fold soon. It's going to be, and we'll see what else happens. And no more John Moore. And let's go Bruins. All right. Okay. I think that's, uh, you know, I, I took it was a late addition, huh? Or, or I mean, she's been sitting here in the window getting sun most of the time. Mm-hmm. she and Boomer would get along very well in that respect. Probably not in any other respect, but they like sun. You mean it's like, it's like genuinely like weeks since she's hissed it. Yeah, I'd make uh, so like. Oh, yeah. she might have just accepted that it's finally happening. <laughs> Maybe she's just happier because she's feeling better because she's not so fat. As I said, she plays a lot now. She's better company. She's much more pleasant company. <laughs> oh, kitty kitties. All right, Jeff, where can they find us? Okay, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us wherever your favorite podcasts are found. You can also talk to us. On Facebook, we are at Barely on Topic Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Barely on Topic. And of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, I'm at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson still. <laughs> and I am at, I, I, um, I don't remember what my, my uh, Twitter handle is dot com. Also known as FVA from RI. I really don't remember it. I, one time I tweeted something out and it was like at VA and it was like, yeah, that looks right. And it was like for Virginia tourism. Um, so not, not ideal. So it's really true. I don't know what my Twitter handle is. Okay. 